I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Alright, what's happening everybody? Episode 276 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Sunday, August 22nd, as I record. Yankees coming off another sweep. Ho-hum. Nine in a row for the Bronx Bombers. Hope everybody's doing well. I, um... Yeah, no, it's... It's good right now for the Yankees. Um, I'm going to get into that. Do want to talk some UFC. Um, MMA Saturday last night. It was good. You know, for a card that... You know, for another fight card. That was supposed to be pretty quiet. And we're going to have a lot of... The thing is, like, we we don't have a big pay-per-view event. Until, I think, like, the next... Not until, like, a month... Plus from now, which is disappointing, but the fight nights so far have been good. And also, once we get to that next pay per view event, like I've mentioned before, the rest of the year is going to be lights out. There are some iconic, there's a lot of potential in what we have coming up in the UFC. So the promotion is about to get real big. Um,. But fight night last night, Vegas 34, I believe it was, at the UFC Apex. It was good. The main event that took place was the middleweight bout event between Jared Cannonier and Kelvin Gastelum. Jared took that win via unanimous decision. I believe it was 48-47 across the... uh, three-judge panel and yeah he was you know Jared was landing some pretty effective shots in the first two rounds um I'm sorry uh Kelvin Gaslam was it was pretty close you know but then I think in the end the announcers Anik and DC and Paul Felder were talking about how Cannoneer was just outnumbering Gaslam in the entire attack overall. He looked good. Jared did. I mean, he had great footwork the entire night. He was switching stances seem uh, seamlessly, kind of making it difficult for Kelvin to counter. But obviously, in that third round, there was that significant connect by Jared Cannonier. It looked like it was going to be a KO. I was hoping it was because I had him to win by KO. But um, he knocked him on his ass. But Kelvin Gaslam gets back up right away like nothing happened. Completely unfazed. I mean the man has a chin. 
Everybody knows that. You know, he may have lost again. It's, it's four out of five, I believe. But he's always competitive. I don't think he's ever lost. I think all of his losses have been by decision. I know he's never been knocked out in the fight. He's still only 29 years old, so he's not going to be cut or anything, but as competitive as he's been, he's not getting a big fight anytime soon after that lost. That loss. Um, yeah, man, it was... I think he's probably just going to have to go back to the drawing board. Start finishing fights again, and then work from there. But some people are kind of talking about should he cut down to welterweight at 170? I don't know, because he's already having issues making weight where he is right now. But it'll be interesting. There's a fly in the studio, so if I'm distracted, that's why. But as for Jared Cannonier, ranked, uh, I think he's now ranked number three contending for the belt. He potentially gets a shot now. At the um, Adesanya-Whitaker fight. That's supposed to be pushed back to 2022. Because the contract talks are still in the works. But I think him and Izzy have wanted to fight for a bit. At least Adesanya have, has wanted to fight. Jared Cannonier. So. That'll be interesting. Something to look forward to for sure. The lightweight bout was the co-main event between Mark Madsen dude who was just in the Olympics and he defeated Clay Guida via split decision it was 29-28 28-28 and somebody put 30-27 one of the judges had you know the majority of that fight both were on their feet it was a boxing match Madsen trying to clinch. Guida using his technical striking and his power. He's a big dude. He's very active out there. He's always moving. Early on, Guida stunned Madsen. But they both stayed on their feet. Madsen using his successful boxing skills. and There were a lot of leg kicks from both sides. A lot of low kicks. Um, but eventually, the decision went to Madsen. Some people thought it was a robbery throw that word around so much. I, I just don't think not every close fight has to be a robbery. I had money on Guida. I wanted Guida to win. It was unfortunate. Um, very unfortunate because I'm a fan of him, but I, you know, I wouldn't say it was a robbery. You could disagree with it, but I wouldn't say it was so outright blatant that Guida should have won. Um, I have no problem with them calling it the way they did last night. After the win in his interview with DC, you had Madsen calling out Gregor Gillespie. Gillespie. So, that's probably going to be his next fight. As for Guida, now 4-4 four and four in his last 8. He's been there a while, man. He's been in the UFC since 06. So... I really don't know where he goes from here. Those were two main events. Uh, there were a lot of other solid fights too, though. You know, Alessandre Pantoja got the impressive second round tap versus Brandon Royville. There was that rear naked choke. 
to submit him. That was sick. First round was very wild, too. A lot of leg lock attempts. Um, it was back and forth. Both were on their feet. It was a good scrap. A lot of heavy punches being thrown. But then Pantoja gets the submission. After the fight, in his interview with DC, he calls out Marino, the Mexican champ at flyweight. Called him out with respect. Marino was in attendance and um, kind of jawing at each other respectfully. So does he get the flyweight title shot now? And if he does, it's going to be their third fight. I believe Pantoja has beaten Marino both times, if I read correctly. So, excuse me if I keep pausing. I mean, you can't tell if you're listening or watching, really, but a lot of distractions going. We have a storm this year, so it's very loud. It's not thundering that loud, but you can hear the rumbles, and just the rain is, like, pouring. And I've got the air conditioning here in the studio, so you can hear it hitting it, the outside of it. Then you got this fucking fly that won't leave my studio. But, um, where were we? Yeah, that happened. Um, Pantoja gets the submit. Performance of the night, though, went to, obviously, first and foremost, the bonus goes to fucking, um, Ignacio. How do you pronounce this kid's name? Bahamundes. By that impressive. Really cool. Maybe the knockout of the year, possibly. Spinning back kick. To defeat Roosevelt Roberts. I believe that was their second meet. So he gets the 50k bonus. Threw a few of those things too during the fight. But he finally landed it on Roberts' chin. And knocked him out cold. He slept him. Really electric moment. And, again, it would have been awesome if there was a crowd. If we had a crowd at the Apex, it would have felt like a fucking pay-per-view event last night. I swear. There were some really iconic moments. A lot of finishes in this one. Very solid card. Um, kid might have a future, man. Ignacio. I mean, it was a very impressive one. He has nine career KOs now. Um, but he might have a future in the UFC. Keep an eye out for him. Also earning 50, 50k were the, uh, I think William Knight had one of the performances of the night, and as did Josiani Nunez. Hers was pretty cool. Very emotional win for Nunez versus Malecki. She got the knockout with the right hand set up, and then she connects with the overhand left to finish her and puts her the hell out one punch. Really impressive to see. Again, just some iconic moments. That would have been electric as hell if there was a crowd. A full pay-per-view type crowd. Or even just a crowd. It doesn't even have to be the full... If there is just a decent crowd in attendance. It's cool. You get to hear the corners and, and you know, the different camps talk as, as the fighters fight, but... I'm ready for, for crowds to come back to uh, to these fight nights. 
but yeah, man, like I said, overall, it was a solid card. A lot of finishes, so I'm happy with the result. And I think next week is a, a, another good fight card. Um, Barbosa's coming back on that one. You've got Darren Till, though, versus Derek Brunson, which is what I'm looking forward to. Darren Till's a character. He's always fun to follow on social media, but he's a very good fighter. And Derek Brunson, obviously, a fun character as well. All right, so let's head to our first break. Guys, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, be sure to do that right now. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way um, to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, do it right now. You can follow us, subscribe, listen to us, download us, Get the podcast on you know the usual listening platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, Stitcher, whatever you find, it's probably on there. You can also watch the podcast if you want. It's up on YouTube. So, subscribe to us there too. Please. <laughs> if you'd like. Alright, so let's head to break. Yankees... We'll talk about them coming off now nine in a row. That fourth game against the Twins was supposed to take place today, but obviously the hurricane, the weather is pushing things back. So they get the three-game sweep, put an asterisk next to it if you want, but they keep winning. That's what matters. Now four back in the American League East, two up in the American League wild card. Putting together some high-quality at-bats top to bottom, wearing out opposing pitchers. Stanton said that after the game. And I saw, I didn't watch the video, but I saw the thumbnail was Don LaGreca. And the title of it was saying how the Yankees find a way to be relevant every year. It was just something I scrolled upon on YouTube. Should have clicked on it, but that's so true. I thought that was so true. They always do. Even when they're struggling, you think this is not going to be the year they make the playoffs. They find a way in. And it looks like right now they're finding a way in. You know, is does it? happened to be that the end of the season and the regular season we we don't win the division yeah I mean we we might not win the division we have a chance but we might not but the fact that we have a first wild card spot right now and it's a two game lead now is is it should make you confident going forward at least for the remainder of the regular so they find a way to be to be relevant they just find ways to win market correction that's what Kay always likes to say Let's head to break. Stay with us. You are listening to RJ Carbone on BD4. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, you can do that right now. BD4 is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and you can also watch it on YouTube. There are plenty of other platforms to find this podcast all you have to do is go to linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. And that will take you to where you need to be. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone in order to subscribe to this podcast.
All right. And, um, yeah, game one, the Yankees take this one. It was a good victory. I, I'm trying to f fucking think back to it because I forgot a lot about it, but let's look at my notes here. Um, yeah, it was 7-5. to five. They took that one 7-5. to five. Um, But, again, uh, real quick before we get to it, guys, welcome to the show. Ep 276 of the podcast. BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. I record Yankees episodes every series. Knicks episodes every two games. There's a fly in my studio that I'm trying to smack. But you just saw me fail on cam. Um, yeah, subscribe to us on all those platforms. Subscribe to the blog that I write. It's my opinion. Recapping every game, Yankees and Knicks. This season with the Yankees, I've been a bit slow on the blog. Most of the recaps have been series recaps and some I've missed. I've just been backed up and I've got things going on. But, um, let's get this thing. This thing is pissing me off. There are two of them. Jesus. Yeah, podcast, blog, all that stuff. You know where to go. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. Linktr.ee forward slash RJ Carbone. That is my link tree. All that information, including my social social media, not my social security. Yankees win the first game 7-5. It's Tyone versus Gant. You've got Yanks obviously getting off uh, to a big 6-0 lead. Velasquez continuing his strong season with New York since getting the call. Leads off the third with a triple. Kyle Higashioka then doubles him in. Luke Voigt. Oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. Tyler Wade then walks, and then you get Luke Voigt with a double to plate two more. Rizzo then gets the sack fly to bring in Voigt from third base. 4 nothing Yankees after three. Higgy later pulls one just past the foul pole fair into left field. Second deck, 6 nothing Yanks. Meanwhile, Tyone, five shutout. Fastball was excellent again, remaining above the letters with it, getting swings and misses. The curved even looked sharp too to complement that fastball. But he goes out for six. The question was, should have Boone sent him back out for six? You know, the analytics say he's not great third time through the order. Or do you go the old school way and say, just keep flowing because he's pitching well and in rhythm. I'm always going to side with that, with the old school way, because that's who I am. This time it didn't work out. He kind of gets smacked around the sixth. Um, Jake Cave, former Yankee prospect, takes him deep. Then he surrenders three consecutive hits, a couple of doubles in there. Makes it a 6-3 to three game eventually, and he's pulled through Wandy Peralta. So it would have been a stellar-looking line, turns into a solid, adequate-looking line. But still another solid start from Tyone. Um, you know, 5.15 hits, three runs, 5Ks. Continues to pitch well. That's what you ask. They got him to be a solid number three, in my opinion, and he's pitching like one. When you look at his overall year, he's been more than that, obviously, last month or two. Um, Wandy comes in. 
needs just seven pitches to get through the seventh or the sixth, and then pitches to the seventh effectively as well, keeps the Twins quiet. Eighth inning, Britain not sharp again. Infield single, a wild pitch, advances a runner. Later, he gives up a single to score a run in six to four. Um, later on, the two sides kind of trade solo shots. Stanton goes deep off Albers in the bottom of the eighth with a laser to the porch. Then it's Miguel Sano off green in the ninth inning. But the Yanks do win. The pen gets enough. 3.2 winnings, two runs, five Ks uh, combined between Peralta, Britain, and Green. The bats go for seven runs altogether, seven hits, two walks, eight strikeouts, no double plays hit into, three for four in scoring position, one stolen base. Another game that could have been a blowout, but it ends up being, uh, you know, not a nail butter, but closer than it should have been. But fortunately, the next two games, we finally get some easy ones, which is not what we get this year a lot. Um, so we go to game two of the series. The Yankees take this one 10 to 2. Cortez on the mound. Voigt shines again as Cortez continues to, to raise eyebrows. This game was over after the first couple of innings. Uh, first inning, Yanks bat around. They get three walks, a hit by pitch in there, three singles. Guardy's contributing. It's 4 nothing after the first. Second inning, DJ singles to lead it off. Judge goes deep to right field. 6 nothing Yankees. Voigt gets a ground rule double in the fourth. That plates two more. Then he goes deep in the seventh off Bearclaw. Makes it 8-2 to two Yankees. 10-2 to two after DJ goes deep. Pulling a two-run bomb to left. Off Bearclaw in the eighth. Altogether, the bats. 10 runs, 10 hits. 7 walks, 7 Ks. Double play hit into 4 for 8 in scoring position. Another strong start for Cortez. Seven innings, four hits, two runs, two walks, seven Ks. He had five scoreless to start, kind of like Tyone did. But top of the six, um, excuse me, top of the six comes. Surrenders that leadoff double. Can't remember who. But then it's Josh Donaldson with a bomb not long after that to put two on the board for Minnesota. But that was it, though. You know, he continues to impress. He's now got a 2-1 record with a 2.56 ERA through 15 games. And as a starter, through 7 starts, 36 and 2 thirds innings, he is pitching to a 2.70 ERA. So, however, uh, however you want to pick it apart, he's been well. He's been really, really well for the Yankees. And I'm surprised. You know, I was looking at this guy as some slot pitcher, some wiffle ball pitcher. I was making jokes about it when they first started pitching him again this year. How he should not be in that rotation. I was criticizing the Yankees. But, gotta eat my words, he's been balling out. You still, you know, do you trust it? Is it something you expect to eventually crash hard? He's got a 250 ERA. I, I don't know how long that's gonna last. But, you go with it right now. You, you, you be happy about it, and you, you're more than content. And you keep riding with it, obviously. You gotta keep him in the staff, even when, when we're as healthy as we get. You know, we're not going to be fully healthy ever, but when we get healthy, you got to keep throwing Cortez. And that was the second game of the set. The final game of the set, game three. Uh, yesterday, 
Yankees took it 7-1, to another blowout victory. Kenta Maeda going for Minnesota. We had Garrett Cole in his second start since COVID. Yanks put two on the board, or I'm sorry, they put one on the board in the second inning. Wade base hit to shallow left. Break it open in the fifth, Wade again. After Maeda gets the line out to start the inning, Wade doubles off of him. Then DJ singles, and then Rizzo gets hit by a pitch to load the bags for Judge. Wild pitch, the 15th wild pitch the Yankees score on this year, puts her on the board. Then Judge walks to reload the bases. That's when Kenta Maeda is pulled for Garcia to face the right-handed hitting Stanton. Stanton, though, goes the opposite. Well, no, he pulls one to left field for a double. That scores two runs. Later, Voigt doubles in two more. It's 6-0 Yankees. Teams trade solo homers again in the 8th. This time it's Polanco off Litke in the top. In the bottom half, you have the Bronx native continuing to kind of warm hearts here in New York. The emotional home run in the 8th. You see his family there crying. I don't know who it was. It was his mother. It looked like his grandmother and maybe his sister. I'm just guessing. But, you know, they're all there filming it. The emotions were high. It was pretty cool. Awesome moment. That was it. Uh, the Yankee Bats go seven runs, eight hits, nine strikeouts, two walks, no double plays hit into, and four for 12 in scoring position. So you go back. Let me pick apart the notes here. Four for 12. Um, four for 12. Three for eight. I'm sorry. Three for four, four for eight, and four for 12. So I don't know off the top of my head. But that's pretty damn good in scoring position. <laughs> that's got to be a positive there. So they're starting to bring home men on base. That was a big series for them. Uh, I know the Twins pitching staff isn't, you know, the most lights out, but we're doing the job. So um, now i got to find my way back to where I was. Here we are. Yeah. Oh, another stolen base. I think Rizzo... Picking his spots in this one. Gets his stolen base earlier in the game. So we're running bases. We're aggressive. We're playing defense. We're going the other way. We've got a good approach at the plate. The lineup's finally balanced. Lefty-righty. Gallo sat on Sunday. I think Voigt or Rizzo sat each in the series. Because we're going to have to do some you know, some kind of rotation with, with Voigt now healthy and Rizzo healthy. To keep everybody happy. There's going to be have to be a rotation with somebody sitting each day. But um... You know, I'm fine with that. It's it's always good to have that kind of problem. You know, so long as everybody's producing. Cole goes six strong, no runs, five hits, a walk, six strikeouts. ERA is back under three, which is good to see. Litke goes two, gives up a run, Abreu a clean ninth inning. He's pitched well for us. So, yeah, things are good. Um, DJ LeMayu, his last 18 games. Going to read off here. He's batting 320. With an 874 OPS. But what I like. 10 RBIs and 8 extra base hits. In those 18 games. It's nice to see him hitting well again. But the powers. Maybe it's starting to come around you thinking. He pulled one. Too. In this series. Stanton got his first multi-hit game on Sunday. Or on Saturday. Sorry. His first since August 7th. His last 18 games, Stanton's hitting 328, 997, which I did not expect. I, I didn't think he was hitting that well. Four homers, three doubles, 15 ribbies. 
So the power's there too. He's playing the four, uh, the field more lately. Obviously, like I said, with Voight healthy, Rizzo back. So we'll see what happens. Voight though proving a point since his return. Thirteen games, batting three twenty. OPS is just ten points below one thousand. He's got seven extra base hits and seventeen RBIs in those thirteen games. So he's producing like hell. Velasquez continuing to make contributions here. One of those guys you're thinking, you know, you want him to stay here, but he's probably got to keep producing to stay, especially with Torres. I don't know when he's coming back. But Velasquez, big moments since the Boston series, last six games, six for 17, six RBIs, two extra base hits. Judge remains consistent. Um, overall, the offense has looked good. 50 runs during this nine-game streak, which I think it's about 5.5 runs per game, if I calculated that correctly off the top of my head here. And, um, yeah, we're getting on the board early a lot lately, which I like. Right? It's always good for confidence. So, and the pitching, obviously, has, has also continued to hold it down. Cole's been solid since his return. Cortez continues to mow him down. Tyone continues his quality pitching. And then um, I think Domingo had a setback, but Heaney at least had a dominant outing his last time out. I think he's pitching on Monday, or is it Montgomery? I'd have to check. But, um, yeah, man, that's that's all we've got. We'll head to break. When we get back from break, let's get to the NYYMYK question of the day. Stay with us. You can follow me on Facebook at r.j.carbone. You can follow me on Instagram at robjcarbone. And you can follow me on Twitter at nysportstalkrc. And if you want to follow along with the blog that I write, subscribe to It's My Opinion on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Alright, so in episode 275, which was last episode, our NYY, NYK question of the day for you was, brought to you by Anchor, what year was it when the Yankees swept the Red Sox in five games? That's a regular season series. Um, and the answer to that question, what year was it when the Yankees swept the Red Sox in five regular season games? It was 2006, which is crazy to me because I did not think it was that long ago. I remember it. Like it was yesterday, I was so thrilled about that. A five-game sweep, I was like, whoa. But, 06. Um, one second. One second here. Okay. This episode, 276, our NYY NYK question of the day, brought to you by Anchor. Best way to make a podcast, go to the Anchor app or download... I'm sorry, go to anchor.fm or do... The best way to make a podcast, go to the Anchor app and download that. Or go to anchor.fm. Podcasting made easy. After today, or yesterday, after yesterday, 
how many wins do the Yankees have against the Twins in their last 21 meetings, including the postseason? Okay, so after the win on on Saturday, how many victories do the Yankees have against the Twins in their last 21 meetings, including the playoffs? Your hint? It's a lot. All right, just, just know that. So message me the answer on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or DM me, or I'm sorry, or comment the answer on one of those platforms once I publish the promo to the podcast. Um, I'm not on Twitter anymore. I, I'm on there, but I'm, I'm taking a long break. So just hit me up on, on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, but thank you for stopping by. I appreciate it. Episode 276 of the podcast. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. The Yankees are now 16-3 and since Greg's cat ran on the field. So thank Frankie the Cat from Yankee Crazy Podcast. And we'll cap it up. Uh, Cap it off slash wrap it up. Two things at once. We'll wrap it up. All right, guys. Thank you so much for stopping by. I'll see you next time. Ciao. This episode is brought to you by Anchor, podcasting made easy. 